Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day they built for hours and hours but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income one day. The No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and lived the lives they deserve. Because of that, founders live lives of abundance, freedom, and creativity. That's what I'm really all about. Hello, my name is Aziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa, with no opportunities, just sheer hard work, to failing multiple startups yet learning a whole lot to barely escaping alive the war in Ukraine, even living as an illegal immigrant. I've lost everything twice, and now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day, sharing the wisdom of luminaries I've interviewed on this podcast from Google executives to Amazon, Microsoft, Forbes Technology Council, Harvard, Financial Times, and even a priest from the Vatican Church. Everyone is welcome here. So let's begin. My guest today is Anna Bibikova. Anna is a two-times founder who had a $4 million business but burned out, and now she is working on Nigel the Introvert as well as Wizen Guides Mentoring Startups. Anna, how are you today? Um, hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very, I very appreciate this opportunity uh, to, to chat to your audience and to you, obviously. Uh, I'm feeling good. Thank you. I'm feeling honored, excited, and very curious about our episode today. And I will begin with this question, which is very, very useful to the audience. And it's, since you're now mentoring startups, what do you notice or do you feel are the common problems that you see startup founders, especially first-time founders, make? And what solutions or perspectives do you offer? Uh, thank you for this question. Uh, it's a perfect one. Uh, I would like just uh, to fix a little mistake that you made in the beginning, introducing me to your audience. Uh, it's not Nigel, it's Nigel, uh, the introvert. And it's not Wizen Guides, it's Wizen Guides. So Wizen, it, uh, it comes from being wise. Uh, so the name is uh, pretty easy to remember. Uh, and thank you again for the question uh, about the, the things that I notice happening to especially first-time founders, but not actually first-time founders, any founders uh, can fall for this. And I see it happening and again and again. Uh, I've been feeling actually about it recently. Um, so... Uh, because I volunteer as a mentor with international startup accelerator programs uh, like uh, the Founder Institute, maybe uh, your listeners or you have heard about it. It's one of, of top five accelerator programs that operate globally. The, the most uh, popular one, the most well-known one would be obviously Y Combinator. Uh, then there is Mass Challenge and uh, the Founder Institute. They have headquarters uh, in the US, but 
they operate globally. They have programs for uh, Europe, Australia, Asia. I mostly deal with founders from the Middle East and Eastern Europe because uh, the time zone we are operating uh, are the same. And what I see most happening uh, to founders all over the world, and not only the first timers, uh, it's actually this the magic of tech. Uh, we, we, we tend to fall for it. And it's actually a very natural thing to do because if you're, if you work with tech, if you're deep in tech 24 seven, if you constantly think about it, how to build your startup, how to grow it, how to bring it in front of your, uh, prospective audience, uh, how to get your first customers or how to reduce your churn if you already have some, uh, you constantly you constantly think about technology and because it's so powerful, because it provides so many new opportunities, it makes you basically so powerful. It, it, it gives you power. You, 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 you eventually uh, fall for this halo effect. I don't know if you're familiar about consumer psychology or behavioral science or things like that, or in general, uh, human psychological biases. But hello effect is a very common thing that happens to us on a, a like daily basis. Uh, it happens when we take the uh, the aspects, uh, the, the authority for, of the person talking about the subject or, or or something that we think is authoritative, that that we trust, that we invest our trust in. And, and spread this uh, expertise that we believe the person has on any other topics that this person would be talking about. I'll give you an example. Uh, there's been a research recently that uh, people who wear uh, like uh, this this uh, doctor doctor uh, medical robes, doctor robes that basically the uniform that you wear in, in the hospital. Uh, these people, they could be talking on any subject at all, like like cryptocurrencies, not absolutely unrelated to medicine. Cryptocurrencies, I don't know, uh, like fin financial investment, real estate deals, anything. They could be talking on anything. And on average, people will trust them more than any other person who is not dressed into this medical suit, into the uniform, that we subconsciously associate with some kind of expertise, authority, right? Because doctors are people we trust. If we don't trust them, we don't go to see doctors. Uh, we, we basically trust them with our lives, with our house, with everything, the most valuable thing for us, our own life, and we trust doctors with this. So whatever thing a person who we subconsciously consider to be a doctor, because they are wearing this doctor suit, Whatever topic they would be talking about, we would trust them more than any other person who is not wearing the same suit. So that's how Halo Effect works. Uh, and it's a natural thing that is rooted in our human nature because uh, it makes us basically human. Uh, it ensures that through the, our life lifetime, we will learn more than, say, like average baboon or a cat or a dog, uh, we learn more because we don't have to check our premises every single time we hear new information.
Uh, if the information is coming from a trustworthy source, like a teacher, a mentor, an educator, or a doctor, we subconsciously we, we believe them. We don't have to check out the premises every single time. We don't have to check out and go to, I don't know, uh, to space to check out that the earth is round, right? Because there are authoritative sources, the sources that we trust, they don't, they told us that, that earth, earth is round. You, we don't have to check it out every single time or things about, I don't know, again, there was big, big conflicts about vaccinations, right? So many people, they did not trust vaccines, uh, but those who trusted, they, they relied on, uh, they, they, they did it because they were, they were reliable sources like scientists who were talking about uh, the tests, about the ways they tested vaccines and so on and so forth. And um, so because we have this uh, inbuilt in our mind, like bias, or it's not a bias, it's a feature of our mind, of our human brain, that we just trust some sources and we don't check the premises every single time. Uh, we, we trust our mentors and that's how we learn faster because if we if we didn't trust them we would have to spend more time on checking out the information so this creates the uh the like uh that's where the the halo effect is rooted in in this uh in this feature of our brain and so getting back to uh the founders so being inside tech and talking about tech all the time and being fascinated by the power of tech we somehow take this halo effect and we transfer it to tech itself, starting to believe that tech is power, that everything is about tech, that building startup is about building a relevant tech, that building a successful startup means just building better tech than others. And this is a mistake, an error, a bias, uh, you pick it, that almost like, Nine out of ten founders, especially the first timers, fall for. They start thinking about technology, the ways they would build and craft their product, how they're going to. Uh, they think about the product architecture, what other features they would add instead of thinking about the business, instead of thinking about the customers, instead of thinking what kind of problems uh, this technology is going to solve. Is there even a problem that this technology is going to solve? And if there is a customer segment that uh, resonates with this problem, is there a customer segment that is already interested in solving this problem with the relevant technology or without it? So this is the most common mistake that I see. And again, you've probably seen on social media, there are uh, memes that are distributed by many people about the first time founders and the second time founders, how we learn from our mistakes when we start adding features <laughs> for the first time when we build our startups for the first time. And then when it... Uh, eventually fails because there is no way around it. It fails if you only think about features, not only about the, the customers. Uh, then 
you become a second time founder and you learn from your mistakes and you start doing it in a different way. That's not how it happens in the real life, unfortunately. Uh, like, again, uh, the stats are very gruesome, are very sad. Uh, maybe three out of 10 founders actually learn on their mistakes. Uh, but most don't, unfortunately. Most keep on shipping these products without considering other ways of doing things uh, and they fail and they fail and they fail and eventually they just give up uh, because they uh, they just say I'm so unlucky I, I just can't do it anymore and, and it makes sense because especially if they build these products as side projects, side hassles if they have their uh, day job uh, they're doing. It's very hard to, it's very challenging to keep building products that don't take off. It, it, you just eventually lose any motivation. And there you have, you find other things to do and to be passionate about. And, and, and they just stop being aspiring founders. Uh, they, they carry on with their lives. Uh, but that's what I, I see happening most often. Thank you. That's very interesting. It reminds me of a video of Jeff Bezos about being customer focused rather than a product focused or technology focused. So it's a very deep wisdom. And to ask you then about that, since you believe in personality types and being an introvert or an extrovert, and sorry for the pronunciation, I French was a language I speak before I learned English. So sometimes I will pronounce things in the Francais way. It's, do you believe there are personalities that are a lot more comfortable being entrepreneurs and founders, maybe people who are risk takers, who are don't stress under uncertainty, and therefore it's more of a personality kind that turns you into a great founder? Or even when people are doing what you're doing before they succeed, they're going through a period of uncertainty and that's very stressful to most people. So how can they deal with that? You know, one of the problems I assume about people just focusing on the product and releasing it before they get market feedback in order to get market feedback, it's that they will be too stressed to uh, not know the uh, what will happen and so they will release it and therefore when they have failure they have an answer so is it a personality type are successful entrepreneurs born with the right uncertainty tolerance tolerance genetics or for you it's 100% a methodology and a way of approach that can be learned and it has nothing to do with the personality um, it's a good question, actually. You know, one of my favorite books uh, on entrepreneurship and that I totally recommend every first-time founder or as aspiring entrepreneur, especially if someone who is trying to build small business or medium-sized business uh, or a bootstrap founder, one of my favorite books uh, that I would totally recommend to read is the Emis uh, or Amy's Revised uh, uh, by Mal Michael Gilbert. Uh, it's a book that was written, I think, 
already 30 years ago, maybe even more. Uh, he has edited and revised it, obviously, uh, recently, like maybe five, ten years ago. Uh, but the basics haven't changed. It's the same story. Have you read this book, by the way? The E-Myth. Or entrepreneurship yes. Okay. Yes. So amazing. So you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Working and, and on that, your business compared yeah, that, to that, in that, your business, yes. Uh, yeah, that's one of the core ideas. Uh, but that's actually the quote that many people remember from it. Uh, but that's not what I think is the main point of the book. Uh, the main point of the book is that you have to combine, you have to wear different hats to be successful. You either have to wear these hats professionally, almost on professional level, or you have to hire someone or to partner with someone, find a co-founder or a partner uh, who, we, who would uh, help you wearing this hat successfully because there is no way around it. So you can't build a successful business being just uh, a craftsman. So that that's the types uh, or types of hats that Michael Gilbert suggests to wear: uh, a craftsman, uh, an entrepreneur, and a manager. So the craftsman is someone who is actually making stuff, a maker. What in, in startup industry it would be a developer, uh, probably if it's like web business. Uh, if it's not web related, it would be someone who actually invents the product, the solution, and, and actually builds it, an architecture of the product. Uh, the entrepreneur is someone who is doing sales and marketing who is bringing this product in front of the audience's eyes. And the manager is someone who is building the system around it all. All the workflows, all the business processes, all the operations, how the data is extracted, how the customer feedback loop is created, how the customer service is done. All these small details that many, many founders, they don't even think about it. You won't believe how many founders totally forget about customer service role when they start building their business plans or when they even launch their startup and then they eventually found out, wow, there are customers and they're sending some kind of requests to us, complaints, ticket notes, that we have to somehow solve and we don't have anyone who can deal with it because we didn't think of it. You won't remember how many times I've seen this happening, uh, especially obviously uh, among bootstrap founders. So there are three kind of personalities, three kind of hats, three kind of roles that a founder should play or hire someone or partner with someone who would be helping with playing these roles to be successful. So it's not only about the product itself and how it's structured. It's also about marketing and sales, uh, about bringing it to, to the public, and also about building structures around all the processes around it. And if we get back to the personalities, there are obviously different personality types that would correlate better with different roles and different functions inside the business. So if we refer to the my favorite uh, classification, like 
uh, Meryl Wilson uh, breakdown of personalities. Uh, maybe basically the fact-driven personalities, analytical types would be more relevant to the managerial functions, uh, right? To uh, like entrepreneurship functions uh, and maybe to to uh, maker function the again the analytical type is good but the uh, the entrepreneurship function the one who would be delivering the message spreading the word around uh, doing marketing and sales maybe expressive type or the relationship driven type uh, types would be more relevant but if we look at it from all different perspectives, we eventually will see that the core skill every founder should have is the skill of active listening. So if you're able to listen to your customers, if you're able to listen to real people conversations, what they're talking about, if you're able to uh, not just wait for your turn to say something, but really listen what people are saying and process it and analyze it and uh, like capture these pain points and transfer them into actionable insights, into products that would be solving the problem. Uh, that, that, that skill is relevant to all stages, all roles and all the hats that successful uh, founder should be wearing. So it's super important for obviously the maker uh, because it would help capture the pain points and real life problems, not the imaginary ones, not the, only the problems, not to scratch your own itch constantly and solve the problem that you have, but they're actually the problems that real people out there in the real world, the problems that they have. Uh, obviously, it's super important for sales and marketing because if you can capture the, this kind of insights, you can translate it into the language that your customers are speaking. You can use their own words. You can use their own descriptions to address to them from your landing pages and make your messaging like right to the point. Make your messaging so targeted, so uh, so precise that it would resonate with your specific audience. And obviously, it's very important to to build systems uh, because it, it kind of helps the 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 the, the system builder. The manager has to listen to all the sides and find the balance between business goals and, and the, like entrepreneurship goals and the maker goals and the creativity and the the like the reasonable part of, of the whole of the whole venture. And uh, it's important to listen to your own self as well, because especially if you're building your business solo, if you're a solo founder, uh, it's very important to listen to your own signals, where to stop and start recharging, because uh, the risk of getting burnout is very high and it's very real. And I can and I can talk about it from my own experience. Actually, yes, that was my very next question. Since you're very familiar with burnout and you mentioned it now, I want please two things. One, 
how to detect when a founder is almost burning out because often they're so busy that it's too late they realize they burned out and also second how to recover from it or what to do in order to both be productive and efficient and effective but never really get to burn out and finally and i'll ask this um how does it feel really when you burn out how can you describe it so if someone can understand are they tired are they depressed are they burned out um well um i i can't say how it would look like from the medical or i don't know psychological point of view uh because i'm not a doctor I, i'm not uh as uh, a psychologist but the halo so, effect uh, yeah <laughs> it's but good I, I mean, yes because uh you know i've been studying these kind of things for many years uh, i used a lot of behavioral economics uh findings to build my businesses because it was something that I was passionate about for years. And uh, I figured out that I could use it effectively in my businesses. That's probably one of the reasons it, uh, they, it grew so huge. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, the, the business growing so huge, it led to my being burned out. Um, well, to make a long story short, I think it's very contextual and it's very specific to everyone it might be uh, some people might experience it in one way other people might experience it in a different way i can't say how it looked for me uh so the early signs uh was the early sign uh, now in the hindsight that i see uh when you wake up in the morning and you're not looking forward uh, to the day that's waiting for you, if you're not excited about things that you're about to do, if the only desire that you have is to hide under the blanket and stay some more because you're just dreading the upcoming day, you you just start thinking the first your first thoughts are about the negative aspects that are coming because obviously. Uh, there are good days and bad days, right? There is never like a perfect day that you don't have any downsides. Most probably <laughs> uh, you'll have a downside. Most probably there are things that you don't like doing. But if your first thought is only about negative aspects, only about bad things that lousy things, like things that you hate to do, uh then it's a clear sign that you're moving in the wrong direction. Uh, it's a clear sign that you're either doing it in a wrong way or you need a recharge. So the reasons, again, again for the burned out could be different. Uh, some of the reasons for some people, it's just, you know, when, when you work 18 hours a day or 14 hours a day for weeks and weeks and weeks and without, uh, like, taking holidays and taking days off, uh, eventually you get there. So uh, there is, uh, you don't have to guess. You don't have to like evaluate the options. It's not 50-50. Eventually you'll get to burned out if you, if you stick to this kind of schedule. Uh, it's very important to have days off. Uh, but even if you do have days off and eventually you start feeling uh, very disappointed, very depressed, very unhappy about things that you're doing. 
Uh, again, it's a good sign that burnout is uh, is waiting somewhere across the corner. Uh, and a good, it's a good sign to stop for a while and start thinking, what, what are you doing wrong? Uh, because for me, I just turned out to be a horrible leader, I believe. <laughs> I just lacked this, uh, again, managerial skills maybe. And I was such a control freak. Uh, as I believe many founders suffer this, uh, like when you when you start building something from scratch, and then you start hiring people because uh, you, you just can't cover all the basics, you, you just can't do everything. You start hiring people, and obviously you keep on thinking that okay, I will be anyway better in doing this than any other person. So for me. I, I believe it's important to to uh, not to lie to yourself and to admit from the very beginning that you will be hiring people better than you. That uh, just to say honestly and, and to to set as a rule of thumb that you will be hiring people not because you just need someone, just some kind of players, just someone who would replace you, someone who would be covering things because you don't have time to do it uh, anyway. But to set it as a rule of thumb that for every specific function that you will be hiring someone, you will be hiring someone who is better than you. And because I didn't do it in the first place, I, I could not like trust them with delegating everything. I, I kept on thinking that if I was doing it, it would be better. The results would be better. Uh, so it's important to get rid of this mindset and to admit that other people can and should be better in doing what you've been doing all along. So the more, the important thing is to uh, pinpoint the functions that you are better than anyone else in and uh, carry on with doing this. Obviously, if you are a tech founder, you will be always prompted to focus again on the tech side. Uh, but what I, I keep on seeing is actually founder, initial founder is the one person who is no one that the founder could be better in delivering the message about your product. No one than the founder could be better about uh, in uh, actually building the brand around your product, talking to customers. So I highly recommend focus, even you are a tech person, focus on the the marketing and the branding side much more than on tech. Uh, Because, I mean, anyone can write code. Anyone can, uh, like, do... Uh, usability testing Uh, everyone can do unit tests (laughs) anyone can do that like uh, uh, what I don't know upload (laughs) the new source code to the github but you will be always the best person to talk about your story to talk about the brand and how you came up with creating it so no one can do it better than you and because 
that's not what I did. Uh, I, I was so deep down in like managing uh, routine operations, doing things that I was not passionate about. I eventually lost any interest, any passion about what I was doing. And, you know, even big revenue, you, you can be passionate about money eventually. I mean, it's good when you start get, getting the revenue. You feel like happy and excited for several months. But eventually, if it just keep, keeps on growing, you can be passionate about money. You don't get excited. You, you, you will be passionate about your first customers, about maybe your first hundred customers. Every single one will be like, wow, it's a new sign up. Wow, it's a new subscription. Wow, it's the first annual subscription. Yeah, you will be excited about those. But when it's over 100, when it's over 1,000, you don't get excited anymore. It, it, it turns into routine and you can be passionate about just revenue. That's not what people get passionate about. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and just don't let yourself drain in this routine and, and things that you don't like doing. Uh, because that's what happened to me. And yes, I was depressed. Yes, I, it was like uh, I, start, I started being sick constantly, like catching these viruses and colds almost every single week because my immune system just gave up. Uh, it's all very connected in our body, our emotional state, our physical state. It's all connected. And so when, when you when you're uh, a very drained emotionally, you can't get, when your emotional level is negative, you can get positive results. I, I just created, yesterday I posted this visual uh, in my inter, Nigel the Introvert um, project about the energy level and how it's connected to our results. And that's what happened to me. So when your emotional state, emotional energy is very low, it's negative, you start getting negative results everywhere on the physical level and the business outcomes as well. Thank you so much. This was so valuable, Anna, and very enriching. And if people want to learn more about you, they want to follow you, they want to discover more about your projects, what are the best social media for them to do so? And I'll make sure to write your Twitter in the description. Yeah, sure. So I have, I'm pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn uh, on Twitter. It's very easy to find me with the handle no tech Anna. And that's like the core idea of my speech in the beginning, right? Don't be so focused on tech, focus on other important aspects. So that's my pitch. Uh, and that's how I try to deliver the message on Twitter as well. No tech Anna on Twitter. And on LinkedIn, uh, it's easy to find me with my first and last name, Anna Bibikova. I also have a website and an aspiring founder, uh, all in one single word, an aspiring founder. Uh, there you can read some of my blog posts and you can sign up for my newsletter that I launched recently. If you're interest about, interested about Hello effects and all the aspects that how I use behavioral marketing stuff in growing my retail business and how these things I use now, how I help founders to use 
these uh, biases and, uh, you know, like uh, aspects of subconscious brain uh, to boost their revenues and to increase the conversion rate for their web businesses. I also launched a newsletter that's called the Hidden Brain Marketing, and you can sign up for it uh, on my website. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I wish you a great day. Keep going, Anna. This is wonderful. Same to you, Abdulaziz. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.